Kings to begin with here tonight, 2 Kings, and we're going to be looking at 2 Chronicles after that. But 2 Kings chapter 12, I want to, again, continue our series on uh, some thoughts for the young or the youth. And uh, again, by doing so, I'd like to consider an example of someone who, again, was uh, someone we can learn from. And so we're going to look at some life lessons from Joash here tonight as we consider the youngest boy king in the Bible. And so 2 Kings chapter 12, we'll start there. Again, I believe, again, uh, there's a lot that could be said. There's a lot that actually could be read on this boy king. But uh, we're going to concentrate most of our time in the book of 2 Chronicles. But I want to begin here over in 2 Kings chapter 12. Again, let's go ahead and uh, follow along as I read the first two verses. And then I'll stop and I'll make a few comments here. 2 Kings chapter 12, verse number 1. In the seventh year of Jehu, Jehoahash began to reign, and, and forty years reigned he in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Ziba of Beersheba. And Jehoahash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days wherein Jehoiada, the priest, instructed him. The Bible introduces us to Joash, or as he's called here, Jehoahash here in 2 Chronicles. And it says about him, he says, He did that which is right in the sight of the Lord all the days wherein Jehoiada the priest instructed him. Now, what is this telling us about this young man? It's telling us that he's influenced much by Jehoiada. Let's turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 22. Now, a fuller account of the life of Joash is given here in 2 Chronicles, and I'm going to only read through part of this account. It's found in 2 Chronicles 22, 23, and 24. But I hope here tonight, again, to give you some thoughts here that can be helped to you as we study a little about, about this man named Joash. He is a miracle child. A miracle child. You say, why is he a miracle child? Because he was saved from death. He would have died if it hadn't been for somebody else who intervened. Second Kings, again, talks about him. Second Chronicles 22, starting in verse number 10. It says, that, But when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal of the house of Judah. But Jehoshaphat, Jehoshabeth, I can't even say that one, uh, the daughter of the king uh, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons that were slain or killed and put him and his nurse in a bedchamber. So Jehoashabeth, the daughter of King Joram, the wife of Jehoiada the priest, for she was a sister of Ahaziah, hid him from Athaliah, that she slew him not. And he was with him, hid in the house of God six years, and Athariah reigned over the land. I'm going to just stop there. I, I'm going to consider tonight some thoughts on the life of Joash here and some life lessons, but let's go ahead and pray as we consider this, this man here tonight. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time we can get together here and look into your word, look into the life of uh, a young person who, again, strived, it seemed uh, at, at first uh, for excellence and was certainly influenced by Jehoiada, the priest. And 
as we consider his life here tonight, I pray we can learn some things from it and uh, help it as we uh, study a little bit here tonight on his life and what he did and how he became king. Help us to gain some wisdom and maybe uh, the way we ought to live or not live when it comes to our life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, we're going to look at him here tonight in detail. Uh, and again, as we look at his life, we find here to begin with when it comes to his life, he was rescued from death where he was supposed to be destroyed as one of the princes there that could rule over Judah. You see there, if you go back in the text there, that Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, Ahaziah was a king and ruler of, uh, of Judah. There was Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, and Ahaziah there. Ahaziah died, and as soon as he died, it says there that, again, along came Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah. And when she seen her son was dead, she was going to destroy everybody who was possibly going to be in that line. And so she went about doing this, but it says this lady, and again, I can't even pronounce her name well, it says Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from the king's stone, where he had slain and put him in the nurse in a bedchamber and hid him away and all these kind of things. And so we see his life start out where he's rescued from death, and so just think about this. His life, he, he, was, he was spared from death because someone cared about him. And he's going give, to be given, the, uh, again, the, the place of being king over Judah. And there's a lot that goes into this, but the next chapter, chapter 23, tells us that uh, seven years into his life, this Jehoiada, this, the priest, decides that I want to make things right. This kingdom should be ruled as it should be. And so let's pick up in chapter 23. It says, in the seventh year, uh, chapter 23, verse 1, the seventh year of Jehoiada strengthened himself and took the captains of, the, of hundreds, Ahaziah, uh, the son of Jehoram, Ishmael, of the son of uh, Jehonahan. And I'm not going to read through all these guys because um, I'm not very good at sounding and pronouncing all these guys out, but you can read through them. Verse 2, it says, And they went about in Judah and gathered all the Levites out of all the cities of Judah and all the chief of the fathers of Israel. And they came to Jerusalem and all the congregation made a covenant with the king in the house of God. And he said unto them, Behold, the king's son shall reign as the Lord has said of the sons of David. So we find here in the Bible, again, Jehoiada is basically saying, hey, it's time for a son to reign. There's one son left, and he is to reign. He's but seven years old, and he's calling him to reign. And he's, again, trying to get things all set so he can reign. And it goes into details on what was going to go on. Verse 4 and 5 talk about them dividing peoples together and, and taking the Levites in verse number 17, and them especially to be around about the king with weapons as they're going to declare uh, Joash to be king. Again, I don't have time to read through all this, but in verse 9 it says, Moreover, Jehoiada, the priest, delivered to the captains of hundreds spears and bucklers and shields that had been King, uh, king David's, which were in the house of God. And so he arms these individuals and he separates all these people to, to put this, this son in place as king. You see in verse number 10, it says, And he set all the people, every man having a weapon in his hand, 
from the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple, along the altar in the temple, by the king round about. Then they brought out the king's son and put upon him the crown and gave him a testimony and made him king. And Jehoiada and his sons anointed him and said, God save the king. I just want to point out there in verse number 11, he was anointed a king by Jehoiada the priest and his sons. I think that's important to point out here. We'll find again uh, Jehoiada and his sons later in the life of King Joash. And Jehoiada was very influential in the life of Joash. He helped him to become king. And it goes on and talks about trumpets and music and all these kind of things are sounded out and uh, all this commotion goes on and and now you find there Athaliah, again, who is the queen, who has been queen now for six or seven years, more or less. This is an Athaliah uh, rent her clothes and said, treason, treason. And so she's in a place where she's going to be demoted from being queen. And uh, she's actually going to be put to death as queen. Verse 15 talks about that they laid hands on her when she was come to the entry of the horse, the horse gate by the king's house and they slew her there. Now, again, I, I'm not going to read through all this, but we see the death of Queen Athaliah. This led to the rise of Joash being king at age seven. He's a young king. And so I just want to mention this. He's going to lean heavily on Jehoiada for what to do. And so we see, and I'm going to skip through the rest of the chapter, but let's pick up in verse number 24 of chapter 24. It says that Joaz was seven years old when he began to reign. He reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Ziba of Beersheba. And Joash did that was his right in the sight of the Lord. All the days of Jehoiada, the priest, and Jehoiada took him two wives, and he begot sons and daughters, and came to pass after this that Joash was minded to repair the house of the Lord. And he gathered together the priests and the Levites and said, I'm going to go ye out unto the cities of Judah and gather all the Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year, and see that you hasten in the matter, howbeit the Levites hastened in it not. It's kind of unusual as you read about Joash here to begin with, that I find it kind of strange in the Bible, especially there in chapter, uh, I mean, sorry, in verse number five, where it says, uh, repair the house of your God. Repair the house of your God? (laughs) That seems odd for a king who's being uh, put in a position of reign over Judah. But remember, he's but seven years old. He may not be saved. He may not be converted. Uh, I don't know a lot about this, but he's seven years old and he's gone and he's made a decree that, again, he wants the house of God rebuilt and and all those kind of things. And so it seems like he's a decent kind of a guy. Um, Verse seven, it says, for the sons of Athaliah, that wicked woman had broken up the house of God. And also all the dedicated things of the house of the Lord did he bestow upon Balaam. And so you say, why does Joash want this repaired? Because it's in disarray, because Athaliah broke up the house of God and all these kind of things. And we can read more about him in this chapter. And uh, we find out that these two together, the king and Jehoiada, team up uh, to do a work on the house of God. You see that in verse number 12, it says, And the king and Jehoiada gave it such as it did the work of the service of the house of the Lord and hired masons and carpenters to repair the house of the Lord and also such as wrought iron and brass to mend the house of the Lord. 
You look at, again, the details there in verse number 12, they must have really messed up the house of God. I mean, Salma's temple was a wonderful house, and these sons of Athaliah had gone about and destroyed it. In a sad place, and so it mentions the workmen working on the house in verse number 13. Verse 14 talks about them finishing the repairs on the house. And uh, mentions burnt offerings being offered in the house there. In fact, the last verse there, part of the uh, last sentence in the verse there, in verse number 14 says, And they offered burnt offerings in the house of the Lord continually all the days of Jehoiada. So here's Joash. He's helped in the rebuilding of the house of God. And uh, again, people are repairing the house of God. They're offering offerings to God. Things are going at least in the right direction, it seems there, as far as the house of God is concerned. But something happens there in verse number 15. But it says, But Jehoiada waxed old. It was full of days when he died. He was 130 years old when he, uh, he was when he died. It says, And they buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done good in Israel, both toward God and toward his house. Now after the death of Jehoiada came the princes of Judah and made obeisance to the king, Who's the king? Joash. Then the king hearkened unto them. And so he listens to these princes of Judah, and they say, And they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers and served groves and idols. And wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for their trespasses. And he sent prophets to them to bring them again unto the Lord, and they testified against them, but they would not give ear. The Spirit of God came on Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, which stood above the people and said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, Why transgress ye the commandment of the Lord that ye cannot prosper? Because ye have forsaken the Lord, he hath also forsaken you. And they conspired against him and stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king, Joash, in the court of the house of the Lord. That Joash the king remember not the kindness which Jehoiada, his father, had done to him. But he slew his son. And when he died, he said, The Lord look upon it and require it. Now this is an unusual account in the Bible. This is a real story. I like how the preacher there down in, in uh, the meeting I was in was saying, let's quit calling these things stories. Let's call them biblical accounts. They're true accounts. They're not stories. When you talk about a story, he says, you know, that could be anything fictitious or, or real. But we find in the Bible a king come to power, and he's seven years old. He's only come to power because someone rescued his life from death. He's come to power because Jehoiada had given him a place of being king. And now he's in a position of power. Athaliah is off the throne and he decides he's going to build a temple and everything seems to be going in the right direction. The Bible describes him and doing, doing that which is right in the eyes of the Lord. Back there in verse, uh, chapter 24, verse number 12, it says, He did that which is right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. And so as long as Jehoiada was alive, he was in good shape. And there are some good lessons we can learn from the life of this young man, Joash. The first one I want to give you here tonight, and there's certainly a lot more lessons than this could, that could be drawn from this, again, account here in the Bible. But first of all, I want you to understand that God can use anyone to fulfill his plan and his purpose. 
God can use anyone to fulfill his plan and his purpose. He chose a seven-year-old to fulfill his plan and his purpose. He, he, God is not limited by age to, again, fulfill his plan and his purpose. He's able to appoint or to allow men to lead and to rule and to reign over people according to his plan and purpose. Joash was yet young, and he wasn't able really to rule on his own. So there was a guy that God knew was going to be there. His name is Jehoiada, and Jehoiada would help him fulfill God's plan and purpose for this boy king. You know, the role of a king is an easy one. Solomon, again, certainly knew it was very difficult and they needed wisdom. And so we see this young man used of God. This points out that God can use anyone for his plan, his purpose. He can use the young, he can use the old, he can use someone in between. And so we understand that from the life of Joash. But we also understand that from the life of this lady that was used of God to rescue his life. Again, let's turn back there to 2 Chronicles chapter 22 and, and verse number 11. Again, Athaliah wanted to take and kill all the, the, royal, the royal seed, the royal sons, those that could be in power and uh, be in a place where she couldn't have power, but she wanted to be the queen over Judah, not have a king over Judah. And so she tried to destroy everyone, but this, this son was saved from death. And it mentions, but Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king. Jehoshabeth, the daughter of Tetuk, Joash, the son of Ahaziah. And again, you find more about those relationships there and, and who she was there if you turn over to 2 Kings, but I'm not going to look at that. But it's important, I think, for us to point out that God used a daughter, a lady, as a deliverer from death. God used also not only a daughter and, and, and lady in this case, but also used her as a protector here. Now, that's unusual. I understand that some people would say you're, you're making something out of nothing. But what I'm saying is God can use anyone to fulfill his plan and purpose. And God used this, this daughter, and God used this little boy for his plan and purpose. He used this gal to protect Joash so that God could fulfill his will and his word that he had given to David. And so we see this as the first important lesson we should learn from this, this story, this account of Joash. The second thing I'd like you to learn from this account here, if you turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 24, at verse number 2, the second thing I want you to learn here tonight, an important lesson, is a good, mentor, a good mentor can only influence someone as far and as long as that student or that one being influenced wants them to. Here we see again uh, in verse number two, it says, And Joash did that which is right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. Jehoiada was definitely a mentor to Joash. He was, again, the guy who directed him largely behind the scenes. You say, who was running the country to some degree? It was a team thing, certainly, between Joash and here this priest. Now, someone might say, well, I don't understand why this, this happened or why this was appointed. But it seems like as long as this priest was around, Joash did that which was right. I mean, 
as long as this priest was there, he was there to influence him, to help him, to direct him. And so this mentorship relationship was good for him. He pointed out maybe what he needed to do and instructed him in the ways of the Lord. He led him into that which is right, and he was a very helpful person in his life. But you find as soon as this mentor passes off the scene, you know, you see Joash struggle a lot. Look at verse number 15 of chapter 24. It says, but Jehoiada waxed old. It was full of days when he died. And 130 years old was he when he died. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done that which is good in Israel, both to God and toward the house. Now after the death of Jehoiada came the princes of Judah and made obeisance to the king. Then the king hearkened unto them. It's sad, but you see, after Jehoiada passes off the scenes, he listens to somebody else, and they lead him the wrong way. They lead him in the wrong direction. Maybe he was already in the wrong direction. We don't know, but uh, we find, again, a good mentor can only influence someone as long as they want to be influenced so whether it's father or mother or preacher or pastor or coach or whoever it might be, they can only be influenced as long as that person wants to be influenced. We also see here in 2 Chronicles chapter 24 in verse number 7, people become what they choose to be. And again, I, I think this is an important point here tonight, along with these other important points. But people become what they choose to be. By that I mean they become either a builder or destroyer or something in between. And we see this again with, not only with Joash, but also with the sons of Athaliah. Verse seven, it says, the sons of Athaliah, that wicked woman, had broken up the house of God, and also all the dedicated things of the house of the Lord did they bestow upon Balaam. And so they went into the house of God, they broke it up, and then they stole what was in the house of God. That's pretty bold, isn't it? That's awful bold. That's truly bold. These sons of Athaliah were wicked, just like their mother. They had chose to be wicked and followed in their mother's footsteps. They went into the house of the Lord. They broke up the house of God. And you mentioned, mentioned there a need to hire masons and carpenters and workmen to repair the house of God. They, they totally ransacked this place. Terrible, terrible destroyers as far as children go. And so... I just want to say that these, these sons chose to be destroyers. But I want to say this also, that uh, Joash decided to be a builder, a rebuilder. And you see that verse number 4 of chapter 24, it says, And it came to pass after this that Joash was minded to repair the house of the Lord. Now he chose to build. You know, people can choose to build, people can choose to destroy, or do something in between. All of us become what we want to be. We're either builders or destroyers. We're repairers or we're, again, people maybe that tear down or whatever it might be. But we find, again, this, this simple truth. People become what they choose to be. I mean, I think uh, Joe Ash was supposed to be a rebuilder and a builder, and he chose that. Certainly chose that early in life. And you see Jehoiada, he was a builder too. In fact, you, you look there in verse number... Uh, chapter 24, and uh, verse number, uh, where is that? Yeah, verse number 15, verse number 16, sorry. 
Uh, says, and they buried him in the, in the city of David among the kings because he had done good in Israel toward God and toward his house. So Jehoiada was a builder of God and he was a builder of God's house. And so he certainly was doing things as far as uh, we are concerned and what we see in the Bible. He's do, certainly, again, on the right side spiritually. And so people become either builders or destroyers and they choose what they want to be. I encourage you to be a builder, not a destroyer. And certainly that's what God would have us to be. But we also find in this account, and I think this is an important point to point out. I only have five points tonight. I had, I had ten to begin with, but I will it down to five, so you should be glad for that. Or maybe you wouldn't be glad for that. Maybe you'd like it longer. But uh, I, I found another thing that I thought was important here is some fail to mature to the point where they can follow God alone. Do you understand that? There, there are some that just never mature enough to stand for God alone. You say, How, what am I saying here? Well, here's Joash, and when Jehoiada dies, he's not an 8-year-old, he's not a 10-year-old, he's not a 15-year-old, he's not even a 20-year-old, he's not a 25-year-old, he's probably at least 30 years old. And he's not to the point in his life where he can live for God as God's king and rule over the people for good and for right on his own. As long as Jehoiada was there, it was great. He did that which is right by God. He did uh, things that are good by God. He was repairing and helpful in the things of God. He was a builder. He was doing that which is good by God. And someone says, what happened to him? Well, I, I think he chose to, to go a different way. Sometime after he was 30, Let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 12. Now, how do I know that? Because you have parallel accounts here in the Bible. And so in 2 Kings chapter 12 and uh, verse number 6, we see a little bit about maybe where he is as far as life goes. When he was rebuilding this house and repairing this house, uh, he had some struggles with this. He told the people to go and fix the house and uh, didn't, get, didn't seem to get going right away. And so in verse number 6 of Second uh, Kings chapter 12, it says, But it was so that in the three and twentieth year of King Jehoash, the priest had not repaired the breaches of the house. Then King Joash called unto Jehoiada, the priest, and the other priests, and said unto him, Why repair ye not the breaches of the house? Now therefore receive no more money of your acquaintance, but deliver it for the breaches of the house. And the priest consented to receive no more money of the people, neither to repair the breaches of the house. But Jehoiada, the priest, took a chest and bored a hole in the, in the lid of it and, and set it beside the altar on the right side that cometh into the house of the Lord. And the priest that kept the door put therein money that was to be brought to the house of the Lord. You say he, he set this chest back there to take money, to receive it, so that they could repair the house of God and to pay those workers on the house of God. You say, when did this repair of the house of the Lord actually take place and when did it get finished? Well, if you go back to verse number twenty, uh, verse number six, it says, "It was in the three and twentieth year of King Jehoash the priest." So seven plus twenty-three, he was thirty years old. Thirty years old, and uh, you see here in the Bible, it seems that Jehoash or Jehoahash, as he's called here, uh, did well as long as his mentor was alive. 
He was following the ways of God. He wasn't dabbling in idolatry. He was repairing the house of God that had been destroyed by, again, those who, who lived before him. And he was doing uh, good things. And uh, we see that here in the Bible. But it's sad to see this. Let's turn to 2 Samuel chapter 23. It's sad to see this in the life of Joash. It's really sad to see in the life of Joash where he turns on the people of God. That seems so strange. That seems so far out of Joash's nature. I mean, as long as Jehoiada and Joash were together, they were like a dual team going in the right direction, following the things of the Lord, doing the things of the Lord. Jehoiada coaching him and encouraging him and probably consoling him, certainly much older than him. But we see in the Bible him turn on those that had so much helped him. I'm going back to 2 Samuel 23, verse number 1. When he became king at seven, who was there? And Jehoiada and his sons anointed him and said, God save the king. Who was there when Joash was anointed? Well, Jehoiada was there. The guy who had helped him to be king and mentored him as king and instructed him as king and encouraged him to do that was right by the word of God. But you'll look, notice in chapter 24, there's, a, there's an extreme turning that takes place in the life of Joash. He turns and listens to these princes of Judah. In verse number 17, it mentions the princes of Judah. It says, then the king hearkened unto them. So who was he listening to before those guys? Well, Jehoiada. After Jehoiada's death, who was he listening to? These princes. Who are these princes? These could be or probably are the same guys that helped him to be king. Let's look at this. Chapter 23, verse number 2, it says, And they went into Judah and gathered the Levites out of all the cities and the chief fathers of Israel, and they came to Jerusalem. So there's these chief leaders, and they're going to be there when he's seven years old. Verse 11, it says, And, uh, and she looked and uh, behold, the king stood at the pillar at the end, entering in, and the princes and the trumpets by the king. And all the people of the land rejoiced and sounded with the trumpets and the singers with the instruments of music, and such as taught to, to, to sing praise. Then Athaliah rent her clothes. And so you see the princes there, verse number 13. The princes are there with the trumpets. The princes are there with the shouting and singing. The princes are there... Uh, again, on the right side spiritually, or at least it seems like they are, and it mentions these princes and nobles and that sort of thing in verse 20 of this chapter also. But where are the princes after the death of Jehoiada? They're there to lure him in the wrong direction. They're there to direct him in the wrong direction. Sad to see, and he follows after them. Back there in chapter 24, verse number 18, it says, And they left the house of the Lord, God of their fathers, they, that would be the king and all these princes, and served groves and idols. And the wrath came from Judah and Jerusalem for this, their trespass. Yet they sent prophets to them to bring them again unto the Lord. And they testified against them, but they would not give ear. So here's these princes and here's Joash, and there's preachers sent to them. They don't listen to them. They don't listen to them at all. 
not listening at all. And it mentions again, one of them specifically preaching to these guys. It says in verse number 20, and the spirit of God came on Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, which stood above the people and said unto them, thus saith the Lord, why transgress ye the commandment of the Lord God? Ye cannot prosper because ye have forsaken the Lord, he hath forsaken you. And they conspired against him and stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king in the court of the house of the Lord. That's just horrendous what happened there. Isn't that just horrendous? I mean, think about the guy that you have known for all your life and the guys that you've known for all your life. In general, just think about Jehoiada and his sons. He knew them for their whole life. I mean, they were there when he was anointed as king. It says that back in chapter 23, verse number 11. They said, God saved the king. And uh, you find these guys and these sons of Jehoiada. So Jehoiada dies, and I'm not sure about this, but I, I can speculate here a little bit. Uh, the priest probably was Zechariah, right? Zechariah probably took over. You have a 130-year-old dad. There's going to be another priest that's going to foul, preacher to foul, and guess who that's going to be? It's probably Zechariah. The Spirit of God comes on him, and he says to Joash and to these princes, Why transgress you the command of the Lord? You cannot prosper, because you have forsaken the Lord, he hath forsaken you. And they stone him. They kill him. Isn't that horrendous? I mean, we look at these accounts in the Bible. I mean, it's hard to believe that a guy like Joash, that seemingly at least 23 years of his life, seemingly was following along and doing that which is right by God, and then all of a sudden he turns against his mentor who dies. He, his mentor never saw this, but Jehoiada saw this. He, he turns against him and commands that this preacher, Zechariah, this son of Jehoiada, be stoned to death. You know, the New Testament talks about a Zechariah being stoned. Is this the Zechariah? I don't know for sure but it could well be. But Jehoiada was a good mentor. And uh, the Bible talks about how it was a kindness, even as a mentor, to lead uh, Joash in the right direction. But uh, we find here, Joash turn against God, turns against the people of God. He turns on the sons of the priest. In fact, you see in verse number 25, and it doesn't give us all the details here. I just want to read this. Verse 25, it says, And when they had departed from them, for they left him in, in great diseases, and so Joash gets sick, his own servants conspired against him for the blood of the sons of Jehoiada the priest, and slew him on his bed. And he died, and they buried him in the, buried him in the city of David, but they buried him not, in the sepulcher of the kings. And so it, it's just interesting in the Bible, we don't know how, when this took place, but it says some servants of his came along because of the blood of the sons of Jehoiada. He not only killed Zechariah, killed his sons. Imagine that, how bad Joash had become. So sad to see this terrible behavior from Joash. Joash didn't go along didn't get, a, uh, get away with his sin. I just want to mention that. And he, too, in the end, was assassinated, sadly, in a sense, because he didn't do that which is right by God. And so we see Joash failed to mature to the point where he fouled God on his own. There are people that speculate he's a perfect example of an apostate. I don't know that for sure. 
You say the way they speculate. You never see in any of the accounts, at least that I can see, you never see him call uh, Jehovah his God. And so we don't know that, but I'm just saying he could be a perfect picture of someone that was close to the things of God, was close to the priest of God, but never truly got saved in the end because he, he, he totally goes into this idolatry. And when the preaching came, he didn't listen. Doesn't the Bible say, my sheep hear my voice and they know, you know, and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life? Shouldn't he at some point repented at the preaching of these prophets that came? Shouldn't he repented when Zechariah came and said, you know what, you're not following God. You're not going to prosper. Instead, Joab says, let's just put him to death. So he's put to death. And we know some others were put to death. It mentions the sons of Jehoiada, the blood of the sons of Jehoiada. Joash. We learn from him that certainly, again, things can certainly change. Again, spiritually and, and, uh, and li- in life trajectory, someone can be in a position where it's seemingly on the right side spiritually, and then they turn to the wrong side spiritually. I'm not saying he lost his salvation, but he certainly led his life later in life by his own ambitions and his own desires. But I want to point this out finally here, and again, leave you on a good note here tonight, uh, a final important point that we should learn from the life of Joash and Jehoiada. And it's found here in verse number 15 and verse number 16 of this chapter, and this is this, that leading a good and noble life will lead you to a place of honor. Leading a good and noble life will lead you to a place of honor. Jehoiada is a special kind of a person as far as a priest. We find there in verse number 16, and they buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done good in Israel, both toward God and toward his house. You know, Jehoiada was a special guy. Truly was a special guy. I mean, he helped again this young boy king and he was honored at his death. And certainly he wouldn't know where he would be buried, but he was, he was buried with the kings of Judah. Joash, he wasn't even buried with the kings of Judah. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 10. Because he sought to do that which is right by God, Jehoiada was much honored in the Bible. Honored above other men. I mean, we don't see other priests, again, buried with the kings of Israel. He was buried in this place because he took a place of seeking to be good influence to a king that needed a helper and a hand to begin with in reigning over Israel. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 10 says this, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. No, it's not, God's not going to forget what you do. God knows what you do, and he will honor you, and he'll bless you for doing that which is good and right in his sight. Joash was influenced to do good and right as long as Jehoiada was wrong. And there certainly were a lot of good things that happened uh, during this time when they two teamed together in the right direction. But we see some important lessons. First of all, God can use anyone for his purpose and plan. And a good mentor can influence one as long as that person is willing to be influenced of them. We see people become what they choose to be, either builders or destroyers. And that some fail to mature to the point where they follow God alone. 
And then finally, leading a good and noble life will lead to a place of honor. I encourage you to be like Jehoiada. Joash certainly was a boy king, and he did well. But in the end, he certainly did some really terrible things. Let's close as we consider the word of God here tonight.